Welcome to Redeem Christian Church of God. We are reaching you live from Divine Favor Center, Bangkok, Thailand. ยินดีต้อนรับสู่คริสจักรแห่งการทรงไถ่คริสเตียนของพระเจ้าประเทศไทยสถานที่แห่งความโปรดปรานของพระเจ้าพระธรรมเทศนาในวันนี้มีขึ้นในกรุงเทพบอกว่าทำไมต้องร้องเพลงเนี่ยค่ะเชื่อเราฟังค่ะ Which means sometimes it's not easy, but the only way to be joyful is to trust and obey. ค่ะร้องครั้งอะค่ะมันก็ไม่ได้ง่ายนะคะแต่สิ่งที่จะทำให้เราชื่นชมยินดีได้ก็คือการที่เราเชื่อและฟังคำ So before we move on, I would like to appreciate our Father in the Lord in absentia and the leadership of the church for the opportunity granted unto me to be here once again. ค่ะก่อนอื่นก็อยากที่จะขอบคุณนะคะคุณพ่อในพระคิดของเรานะคะแล้วก็ผู้นำที่ทำให้อยู่ในที่นี้วันนี้ได้ I say may the name of the Lord be praised forever in Jesus' name. ที่พระนามของพระองค์นั้นที่จะได้รับการสรรเสริญในพระนามแห่งพระเยซูคริสต์เจ้าของเรา And I pray that as we go into the word of the Lord, the Lord will speak. To every one of us. ค่ะแล้ววันนี้นะคะเมื่อแบ่งปันพระวจนะของพระเจ้าก็ขอที่พระวจนะของพระเจ้านั้นจะมายังเราทุกคน So our topic today says, what does God stand to gain? ค่ะแล้ววันนี้นะคะหัวข้อของเราก็คือว่าพระเจ้าทรงยืนหยัดที่จะได้อะไรล่ะ What does God stand to gain? ที่จะได้รับอะไร If we look at our Bible reading once again, ถ้าเมื่อเราได้อ่านพระคัมภีร์ที่เมื่อครู่นี้ You will see a story where a merchant was was to travel, and he gave his servant some talents. ค่ะเราก็จะได้เห็นนะคะว่านายนะคะก็ต้องการที่จะออกไปใช่ไหมคะแล้วก็เขาก็เลยให้คนใช้ของเขาในการที่ทำพนักกิจ He gave one five. He gave another two. He gave the last one one. ค่ะก็ให้คนหนึ่งก็ได้สิบคนหนึ่งก็ได้ห้าคนหนึ่งก็ได้สองได้หนึ่งว่าไป And when he came back, he expected that they would have traded with those talents and brought him profit. ค่ะก็เมื่อเขากลับมานะคะเขาก็หวังว่าลูกน้องเขาหรือคนใช้ของเขานะคะก็จะทำให้ได้ประโยชน์มากที่สุด I particularly love the beginning of that verse 14. It says, "For the kingdom of heaven is as this story." ค่ะก็ในข้อที่14นะคะก็ได้บอกไว้ว่ายังไงคะ Which means there is a side of God that we should learn from this story. มันเป็นหมายความว่าเราก็ได้เรียนนะคะถึงถึงหมายสำคัญหรือสิ่งที่พระเจ้านั้นให้เรา And that side of him is God is a businessman. ค่ะเราจะได้เห็นนะคะว่าพระเจ้านะคะก็เหมือนกับนักธุรกิจคนหนึ่งเลย For every life that he decide I decide to bless, he expects something in return. If you look at verse 30, he says, "Cast ye the unprofitable servant." Which means, before God starts a journey, he asks, "What is in it for me? What, are, what do I stand to gain?" So, over the last few weeks, we have been learning about how to attract double blessing. ในสองสามเมื่อสัปดาห์ที่ผ่านมาเราก็ได้เรียนแล้วว่าเออเราจะได้รับพระพรที่มันเป็นสองเท่ายังไง Yes, it's a month of overflowing blessings, a month of double double, and everyone is pumped up. Oh God, I want to double from you, double protection, double this, double that. เราก็ได้รู้นะคะว่ามันเป็นเดือนที่เราจะได้รับพระพรเป็นสองเท่าบางคนก็คาดหวังจะได้อันนู้นเป็นสองเท่าอันที่เป็นสองเท่าว่าไป Last week took us back to the basics. 
It says, before you begin to claim all this double double, you must have a relationship with the beginning. You can't just come and expect to get gifts. You must have a relationship, a true, genuine relationship, growing relationship with the beginning which is Christ himself. So today we are going to be building on that. I remember last week I was just sitting down here listening to the message and I kept asking God what do you have for your people for next week? And he gave me some instructions and the only thing that I could do was scream God in my street. I even wrote it down here at the footnote of my book, God. I was literally screaming, God. That will take us to our first text for today. James chapter 4, verse 3. James chapter 4. If you are there, you can please read for us. Can we get uh, an extra mic? Hallelujah. James chapter 4 verse 3. Okay, because of Pres our time. Yeah, James right. 4 3 says, And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You huh? want only what will give you pleasure. Hallelujah. The Bible says, even when you ask, you do not receive because you ask amiss. I love the language that that uh, version of the Bible puts. It says, your motive. Your motive for asking is totally wrong. That's why you're not receiving. So why will God deny any of his children's blessings when he expressly said, in Matthew chapter 7, from verse 7 to 8, that if you ask, you will receive. Now, building on what we learned last week, I want to believe everyone here are children of God. So every Bible passage that I'm going to be talking about is talking about children, those who already have a relationship with the beginning. So why will God deny me any of his blessings? Why will he deny me that double, uh, double blessing that I've been asking for? If he already said I should ask, that's all. Because 
Verse 8 says, For everyone that asketh receiveth. Everyone. If everyone that asks receive, then God, why? Why are you denying me? That takes us back to the text we read for our Bible reading today. God is a businessman. So when we begin to ask him those uh, blessings, when we begin to ask him everything we want him to do for us, is asking in return what do I stand to gain? Let's take a look at the life of Anna. In 1 Samuel chapter 1 from verse 1 to 7. 1 Samuel chapter 1 from verse 1 to 7. Now there was a certain man of Ramatim Zephim of Mount Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zoph, the Ephraimite. And he had two wives. The name of the one was Anna, and the name of the other Penina. And Penina had children, but Anna had no children. And this man went out of his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Ophni, and Phili, Phineas, the priest of the Lord, were there. And when the time was that Elkanah offered, he gave to Penina his wife and to all her sons and her daughters portions. But unto Anna, he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Anna. But the Lord, the Lord, which means it was an intentional act. She wasn't barren by accident. It says, but the Lord had shut up her womb. Six, and her adversary also provoked her soul and to make her fret because the Lord had shut up her womb. And, he, and as he did so year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her, therefore she wept sore and did not eat. The Bible says year by year. Anna will go up to Shiloh, she will cry her, house, her eyes out, and we go back home the same way. It means Anna was as a communication line with God. It wasn't as if she was far away from God. Year by year, she will come and ask God, God, this is my double portion you promised me. You said none will be barren in your land. What is going on? Year by year, Anna comes to the presence of the Lord. Well, let's see what happened in verse 11. It says, And she vowed a vow, and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thy handmaid, and remember me, and not forget thy handmaid, but will give unto thy handmaid a man-child, that I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. Here we see that Anna did not come to God saying, God, you see my co-wife. 
You see what she's doing to me. You see how she's making me angry every time. That is a genuine reason to pray. God, you see my house rent is due. Uh, the landlord will soon lock up my room and I will be out on the streets. God, you see my children, their school fees are not paid. God, you see if those children don't have uh, education, how will they have a good uh, future? It's a genuine reason to pray. But God is still asking, what is my profit? What do I stand to gain? Anna came from a place of making an agreement with God. She said, God, I know there is an opening in your house. I, this Phineas and Ophini and Phineas that I'm seeing, they are so wayward, and I know very soon, probably Eli will die, and there will be no one to be a priest in Israel. God, I want to fill in that gap. That is the profit I'm bringing to the table. After making that vow in verse 11, let's see what happened in verse 19. And they rose up in the morning early and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to their house to Ramah and Elkanah knew Anna, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Mm. Hallelujah. When the Lord has something to gain, he remembered her. He said, ah, this indeed is a need that I cannot overlook. And God didn't just remember her, after she fulfilled her vow, let's see what happened in chapter 2, verse 21. It says, And the Lord visited Anna so that she conceived and bare three sons and two daughters. And the child Samuel grew before the Lord. Hallelujah. So you see, when you align with standing in what God has to gain, he don't only give you that thing just to take it away from you. If he had given Anna only Samuel and at the end of the day he took it away from her, she would be left with nothing. But God went the extra mile and activated double portion, more than double in her life. Let's see another man in the uh, Second Chronicles chapter 1, verse 7 to 12. Second Chronicles chapter nine, chapter one, from verse seven to twelve. Chapter one, from verse seven, says, "The night God appeared to Solomon, and that night God appeared to Solomon and said, What do you want? Ask.'" and I will give it to you. 
Solomon replied to God, You showed faithful love to David, my father, and now you have made me king in his place. O Lord God, please continue to keep your promise to David, my father, for you have made me king over a people as numerous as the dust of the earth. Give me the wisdom and knowledge to lead them properly, for who could possibly govern this great people of yours? Verse 11, God said to Solomon, because your greatest desire is to help your people, and you did not ask for wealth, riches, fame, or even the death of your enemies or a long life, but rather you asked for wisdom and knowledge to properly govern my people. I will certainly give you the wisdom and knowledge you requested, but I will also give you wealth, riches, and fame such as no other king had, has had before you or will ever have in the future. Amen. Before the Israelites started asking God for a king, their system of being governed was through prophets and priests. But it got to a point the children of Israel wanted to be like others. They were like, can't you see others have kings? God, we also want a king. Samuel cried to God and God said, okay, give them one, no problem. When Solomon became a king, he didn't only ask for riches, for power. He asked that that covenant that God had with the children of Israel, that they were being ruled by the wisdom of God, they were being ruled by the spirit of God, that is exactly what I want to resurrect. Even God said, because you have asked of this thing, you are not just being selfish. You are not saying, God, I want to claim territories. I don't want to be like uh, a vagabond like my father. I want to have peace. I want to have this. You are trying to resurrect what the children of Israel tried to kill. Because you did this, I will bless you. เพราะว่าโซโลโมนน่ะเขาถูกแล้วเขาน่ะค่ะก็ไม่ได้ขอเพื่อเป็นการส่วนตัวไม่ได้ขอบอกว่าเขาเนี่ยค่ะที่จะ
give the riches. Every other thing that you did not ask for because you want a reconnection between me and you and the people, I will bless you with every other thing you didn't ask for. Another one is Jephthah in the book of Judges, chapter 11, verse 30 to 33. From verse 30 to 33. It says, And Jephthah vowed a vow unto the Lord and said, If thou shalt without fail deliver the children of Ammon into my hands, then it shall be that whatsoever cometh forth out of the house, out of the doors of my house to meet me, when I return in peace from the children of Ammon, shall surely be the Lord's. And I will offer it up for a burnt offering. So Jephthah passed over unto the children of Ammon to fight against them, and the Lord delivered them into his hands. The Lord saw what he stand to gain. Now, for someone who is still doubting, ah, he holds the heavens and the earth, what, what do I have to give unto him? Coming with, uh, from a place of letting God know what he stands to gain is not for God's benefit. The Bible says, if you and I will cease to praise the Lord, he will rain stones. So it's not like you are trying to help God. You are invariably helping yourself. Jephthah got exactly what he desired from the Lord. Why? He made a vow. The last example I'll be giving here today is Job. In the book of Job, chapter 1, verse 10. Job, chapter 1. Verse 10. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Has not thou made an hedge about him and about his house and about all that he had on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. Hallelujah. Here we see the bragging between God and the devil. God called unto the devil while he was moving to and fro in the earth. And he says, have you seen my servant Job? That everything about him is God. 
And the devil said, ah, is it not because you protected him? It's because you built a hedge of fire around him so nothing can happen to him. Then God made a deal with the devil. He said, okay, go and touch him, let's see. Of all the affliction of the devil in the life of Job. Verse 22 says, And in all this, Job sinned not, neither charged God foolishly. With everything that the devil brought into the life of Job, he never sinned against God. Even when the, the wife said, why don't you just cause God and die? This uh, trouble is too much. God was so confident in the life of Job that I have everything to gain, nothing to worry about. Can God say the same thing of you and I today? That he has everything to gain in our lives? Let's see the response of God to that in Job chapter 42, verse 10. It says, And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends, the last part where I love so much, and also the Lord gave him twice as much as he had before. The questions still come from all for all of us that are seated here and as many that are watching online. What does God stand to gain with the double portion we are asking him for? Are we asking it so we can consume it on our loss, like James chapter 4 verse 3 says? Are our reasons for, uh, for asking so insignificant that even God is not hearing? Mind you, those reasons are not bad in themselves. Uh, God, please give me, uh, give me money so I can have peace, so I can pay my rent, so I can oppress my neighbor. มันอาจจะดูไม่เลวร้ายยกตัวอย่างเช่นพระเจ้าอยากมีตังค์อะไรอยากมีจ่ายค่าเช่าบ้านอยากมาอะไรเงี้ยใช่มั้ยนาวไ
If money is part of your prayer point for this year, let me see your hand up. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. But then one thing that God asked me to talk about last week that made me shout, God. Is what does it stand to gain? Are you paying your tithe? Now, tithe is one of the topics that I don't like talking about. So I'm going to make just a passing remark on tithe. I know if we preach it from now to next year, those who will not pay will not pay. And those who are addicted to paying will not stop. By the way, I belong to the second group. In fact, I deliberately went to the bank and opened a bank account that is tied to tight. So anytime I have money coming to my account, the first thing I remove is send the money to that account tight. And every week I send it to the church. I'm saying this to encourage those who, when we call for tithes, they see only two, three people, and you are discouraged. You are like, people are not giving. Why should I bother? So please be encouraged to move on to continue with what you're doing. However, there's something that has been settled that if you are giving for any reason, you must not give out of coercion or out of force. So that issue of tight, I leave it with you and the Holy Spirit. Let him tell you what to do. However, let's ask ourselves this question. If I decide to keep my money, and you decide to keep your money, all these things we are seeing in church, who will pay for it? Who do you think bought the drums, the keyboard, the AC that we are enjoying? How do we pay for all these things? How do we solve the financial need of the church? The second instruction I got was to talk about the rent of this church. I remember throughout the week, I was just struggling with God. I was like, God, we don't do this thing in this church. Just let it go. Let me just come preach and go. He says, no. Ask for permission and ask for details. How many of you are aware that this church is owing about 
ชื่อไหมคะว่าคริสตจักรจะต้องมีค่าใช้จ่ายถึง25เหรียญนะ25 25,000 เหรียญนะ The rent, the water, the electricity, everything. It was when I called pastor and he began to give me the details that I understand why God asked me to talk about it. If we begin to neglect the topic, One day we will come here and the door of this church will be locked. Or what still, God forbid, when we are holding the service, we see police at the door of the church saying, all of you, you are under arrest. Is that what we want? So it's time to talk about it and find a solution. While I was talking with Pastor, he gave me the new agreement that they have with the landlord of this place. I didn't even know how urgent it is. By the 25th of this month, which is just about three days away, we have to pay $1,000. And the church only has 8,000 baht. As a church, what do we do? By the 31st of every month for the next eight months, we have to pay $3,000. How that is going to come, I don't know. I'm only obeying instruction. After speaking with Pastor yesterday, the Lord gave me a further uh, instruction and I was crying. He told me the specific amount to withdraw from my account. And I began to cry, God, you know I need this money more than anything. Why do you want to take it away from me? His response is, how will you preach a message that you are not ready to obey? Now you see why I sang that song, Trust and Obey. I'm still angry with God, by the way. But his work has to move on. So he gave an instruction. I need the ushers, please, and the choir, please. Can you help me? We have to raise the money now. If you have anything in your pocket that you can drop right now, drop it. If you don't have, write your name, your number, and any amount you want to give into these envelopes. ก็คืออย่างนี้นะคะกติกามีอยู่ว่าถ้าเรามีตังค์อยู่ในมือใส่มาได้ค่ะแต่ถ้าเราไม่มีตังค์สดอยู่ในมือให้เขียนมานะค
คุณ A อยากที่จะถวายกี่บาทใช่ไหมคะขอเบอร์โทรด้วยชื่อเบอร์โทรนะคะจำนวนเงินด้วย Remember the amount we are looking for it's not a matter of 20 baht 100 baht please มันไม่ใช่เงินแค่20บาท30บาทนะคะที่เราต้องการเนี่ย If my own obedience can take tears out of my eyes, please do good with God. แล้วถ้าความเชื่อฟังเนี่ยมันทําให้เราต้องน้ําตาล่วงเนี่ยแปลว่าดีละ I surrender to you everything I give to you. With all in nothing, with all in nothing, Lord, I surrender. I surrender to you. Everything I give to you, I give to you. With all in nothing. With all in nothing, Lord, I surrender. I surrender all to you. Everything I give to you, everything I give to you. With all in nothing. Something you pledge and you begin to think about it is something you do right now, right here, or latest by 6 p.m. today. If you are writing your name and writing the amount you want to give, it has to be latest by 6 p.m. today. So that double portion that you are expecting God to give you, you are making a vow that my finances, I won't hold it back from you. Lord, this year I will walk with และท่านสามารถร่วมกับเราได้ผ่านทางช่องทางโซเชียลต่างๆอาทิเช่น Facebook, Twitter, YouTube และ Instagram. เมื่อท่านร่วมกับเราขอพระเจ้าทรงอวยพรอาเมน You can connect with us on the following social media platform: Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. God bless you as you worship with us.